0: Peeps, well, it's October. Let's kick off the Halloween month with the two-part special The Perils of Punky, which aired on October 20th, 1985. But before I get into this episode, if you enjoy this podcast and you haven't already, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Also, subscribe so you won't miss an episode. You guys can even follow me on SoundCloud where you'll be able to get notified when a new episode is uploaded. Which pretty much should be on Sunday nights. I, I love hearing from my listeners, so if you would like to reach out to me in the podcast, you can email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me also on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And you can access those links on the SoundCloud Punky Power podcast homepage. Each week, I ask listeners questions regarding the episodes I review, so you can get a shout-out on the podcast if you comment or email me with a story or your response to the question. All right, well, the episode opens up on a rarity, Henry driving a car. Yes, I know he drives a car, but we actually get to see him driving a car with all the kids in the back. Yep, he's taking Betty and the kids to Lake... Waxa... Wachaha... Mm. Wachahachi? Waxahachi? That's what the sign said, anyway. For some camping fun. The kids all casually walk down the path with all their fishing gear. Ah, so unlike that episode from Season 1, Gone Fishing, where they all raced down the path as Henry carried all the gear. I noticed that Margo and Alan are wearing the same outfits as that episode, too. Well, mainly I noticed Margo with her safari hat and pink outfit because Alan just wears that sweatshirt, that gray sweatshirt, in every single episode he's in. We see Henry talking to Betty about the virtues of camping over staying at a hotel, sleeping under the stars, no hotel bill, etc. Punky and the kids complain about walking any further, and Henry tells them, well, if you guys agree, then I guess this is the spot we're going to set up camp. So they're like, okay, yeah, and then they dump all their stuff. Like, yep, dump all our stuff on the ground. Margo complains about the sun frying her face and asking herself if she brought enough moisturizer. Is, is that kind of like sunblock, or I maybe they're two different things? Alan's standing next to her, so I wonder if he's going to make a snide comment. And she ends up hitting, out, hitting him on the head, like in season one, that when that was a thing they did for laughs. Well, I was right, but she did hit him in the shoulder and called him a peasant. Oh, our Margot. Punky asks Henry why there are dead trees all around. He tells her he's not sure, since they've had plenty of rain. Maybe it's the bugs. Margot hears that and does a small freak out, and Cherry tells her to basically chill out. And Betty tells Margot they're there to have fun. It's like, please, don't be a party party pooper with your whining. I don't want to hear it. Good, Betty. Thank you for not catering to Margot's whininess and telling her to pretty much suck it up, girly. Punky tells her friends that they're in the prime of their lives. They're young. They're in the great outdoors. And it's summertime. Summertime! Wait! Since season 2 began, they were in school. What's this summertime business? Unless it's early September not officially fall yet. I mean, I guess that could make sense. Everybody cheers at this. Even Brandon barks in celebration. <laughs> we get a shot at everyone partaking in a fun activity. Henry and Punky are enjoying flying a kite. Cherry's catching bugs or butterflies in our insect net. Alan's throwing a ball into the air and hitting it with a makeshift bat, and Margot is blowing on a dandelion weed. Brandon tries to jump into the buffet of food laid out on a picnic table, but luckily, Betty has a giant rawhide bone to keep him occupied. Cherry puts her insect net on Punky's head, and then we see the tent is all set up. Question, are, all, are they all sleeping in there? Two adults and four kids? Unless... Is this tent like the one from Harry Potter? How cool would that be, right? If you've seen the movies, you've seen the tent from Goblet of Fire. It's humongous, as big as a house. I would love a tent like that, but sadly, I'm not that into camping, and neither is Jeremy. Betty walks into the tent, and it starts to (laughs) collapse. Cherry and the kids point and laugh. I notice there's a pup tent with Punky and Margo inside. This is pretty much a long montage. We see Punky throw a brand, a uh, Brandon, she throws Brandon a frisbee. Margo reading a magazine or sales ad while Alan sneaks up behind her. More footage of a swimming duck. Henry smoking a pipe and reading a book. Betty's asleep and the kids are playing horseshoes. Then they're playing badminton. And here Betty is actually awake sitting alongside Henry watching the kids. Then more of Punky flying a kite. Then we get a shot of the campsite with the tent set up with the sign on the big tent that says Camp Sweet Camp. next Kind of like home sweet home. Next we see Punky tossing a giant... Rubber ball to Brandon. Like, the kind that you would see at a shopping center that would be in, like, a big, um, crate or something. That you'd, like, pull one out and then all of them would fall out. Yeah. Henry calls the kids over and tells them to go collect firewood. But he advises them, don't go far. Don't go wandering off and stick together. This looks like this is going to lead them into the main focus of the episode, separating the kids from the adults. The kids take off, but then come back, being Margo is still sitting there, and she tells them she's not going into that filthy forest. There's things in there that sting for a living. She tells them to, you know, you guys run along, and, you know, I'll stay by the campsite till dinner is served, The kids just, like, grab her and drag her along. Like, no, you are not getting out of this, Margo. You are coming with us, girl. Brandon takes a log after them. Then we see a shot of a bunny, which I think will come into play later on. The gang is picking up sticks for the fire and Punky spots another dead tree. But the one the camera focuses on hardly looks dead as it has orangish-yellow leaves. Very fall-looking. Margot tells Punky, you have t- dead trees on the brain. Punky defends herself, telling Margot that's not true. It just concerns me. And then she asks, why are all the trees dying? Cherry jokes that the trees probably got a whiff of Margot's freckle cream because that stuff will kill anything. Suddenly, Alan points to a rabbit, and that's when Brandon takes off like a shot after it. Punky yells at him to come back, then complains, asking are you always acting like a dog? Why do you always have to act like a dog? Then she slides down the hill and the others follow suit. We see Brandon laying down by the bunny. How is this possible that that is one trained dog and rabbit? Unless that poor rabbit is scared to death and then later dies from fright. I don't know. Punky and the game come, on, come upon this scene and say nothing. Punky just grabs Brandon by the collar and pulls him away. You know, the beginning of Cujo started out the same way, with a rabbit and a cave. Hmm. I hope Brandon's all up to date on his shots. (laughs) Have any of you explored a random cave before? I haven't. Punky asks them why it's taken them so long to get back to camp, and I'm guessing maybe because you all keep getting distracted. First, the rabbit, then they head down to chase Brandon down a hill, they probably didn't even bother going back up the hill either, which I don't blame them. Going up a hill is a pain, especially a big hill. In the wintertime there's this field um next to our house when I was growing up and if you walk down it far enough there's this really good hill for sledding that was like went really far down. But then the sucky part was you had to walk all the way back up that hill. Oh my gosh, it was it was crazy. Punky asks them if they've seen the spot before since they started walking. I love how Alan and Cherry just take a load off on the conveniently placed log in front of the cave entrance. They tell her that they they tell her that they don't recognize it, and then Punky tells them, Well, I figured so. I hate to mention it, guys, but I think we're lost. No, you're not. Just walk back the way you came. This isn't the Blair Witch project. It's not the woods. The kids look at each other in distress, like, what do we do now? At least we see Henry and Betty looking for them. Punky tells Brandon, Brandon, lead us back to camp, using your nose, and Brandon jumps up and starts up the trail. It looks like it's supposed to be getting darker and colder the way the kids, Alan, Punky, and Cherry have their arms crossed over themselves. Well, it's no good, guys. Brandon just brought them back to the cave. Ultimately, this is their fate. Cherry chastises Punky for Brandon's defunct nose, and Punky says, "Well, maybe he has a cold." Then Alan bends down to Alan bends down to Brandon's level and mentions how if they give him chicken soup and keep him in bed, but Margot cuts him off by stating the severity of the situation. They're lost. Like, come on, Alan, be serious. She tells them they're four helpless. What the heck was that? Hold on. She tells them there are four helpless babes in the woods and then calls him a chowderhead. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Cherry suggests that they find their way back to camp, but Punky says it'll be better to stay together right there because Henry and Betty are probably out looking for them. Alan suggests, well, why don't we check out this cave while we're here? Alan makes his point of, it'll be warmer in the cave, plus it would be fun. Margo tells him, over my dead body I'll go in that cave. Alan jokes, that'd be another good reason. Alan decides against his better judgment to go into the cave, even as the other kids call him back. He just waves them off as he makes his way through the entrance. Well, he's got guts. I'll give him that. Cherry asks what they should do, and Punky tells her Henry wanted them all to stick together, so she and Brandon head in after Alan with... Cherry and Margot following behind. I noticed just inside the cave behind Alan, it's backlit. So did he really already start a fire? So we're getting deeper into the cave, and I was right. There is a campfire, as well as cave wall art of a moose. As well as a drawing of the kids and Brandon. On the other side, there is a drawing of a bear. The kids all come together in the center of the cave. Punky calls out to see if there's anyone in the cave, but it's just the four of them, and all she gets back is an echo of her voice. While Cherry checks out the cave wall drawings, Alan, of course, thinks, This is awesome! Well, of course. Sure it is, Alan. You think anything is awesome. The kids all gather around the campfire and talk about how creepy the drawings are, especially that it's of three girls and a boy, just like them. Punky tells them, it's like whoever drew those pictures and made this fire was waiting for us. Cherry asks Punky if she's scared, and Punky tries to put on a brave front by laughing, and the others try to do the same. But when she asks them if they're scared, they finally admit, yeah, we're freaked out. Punky tells them that they should, you know, let's try to think of something that we can do to take our minds off being scared. How about we tell some ghost stories? Okay, how about scary stories to tell in the dark by Alvin Schwartz? That'll, <laughs> that'll scare them good. Punky starts it off by beginning a story centered on four kids and a dog who get lost in the woods and wind up in a spooky cave. Like, hmm, sound familiar? <laughs> I think it's funny how her voice lowers a couple octaves for effect. Then they hear a noise, and then we hear a hooting sound. Margo asks if it's an owl. Puggy tells her, that's right. Then she yells, quiet, as the kids jumped back in fright. Then they heard another noise, and Alan asks, is it supposed to be Indian drums? And... Apparently, it's not because Punky's freaked out. She tells him, Well, it was supposed to be a wolf howl. Alan tells her, Nope, it's definitely Indian drums. And then Cherry says, Punky, this is an Indian cave. And then they scream, Let's get out of here. And the kids run to leave, but their exit is blocked by an Indian man or a Native American. I'm sorry, I'll try to <coughs> be uh, PC or political correct, or however that's supposed to be. Okay. And the kid's feeling trapped back against the cave wall. So, we see two more Native Americans come in, one carrying a lamp and a blanket, and the other one is armed with a bow and arrow. Interesting how Brandon is phased by none of this. He doesn't bark, he's just there. The final Native American... To come through the opening is wearing a headdress. He must be the chief. He comes and sits down by the fire and Cherry and Margot push Punky forward. Punky steps forward holding up her hand and says how? Waits the beat then adds do you do? The chief orders her to sit and she complies. Then he motions for the other three to come forward and sit down. He begins to tell them a long time ago many summers ago too many to count there was no Lake Wahatchee and the land was buried and evil dwelled there the chief goes on to explain the legend of Princess Moon and her friends alright I'm gonna ex- play this clip of him telling the story and I will be right back
1: many many summers ago summers beyond count there was no Lake Waxhachi. the land was buried Nothing could live or grow, for evil dwelt mm-hmm.
0: Evil?
1: A wicked spirit lived deep under the earth, in the heart of this cave. Mm. <laughs> the spirit's name was Owa Tagu Siam. Oh,
2: what a goose I am? <laughs> mm.
1: All who tried to defeat the spirit died a horrible death. But then the brave little Princess Moon journeyed with her friends into the spirit's underground kingdom. The children survived the terrible traps and ferocious creatures created by the spirit. Finally, Princess Moon came face to face with Owa Tago Siam himself. (laughs) There was a fierce and terrible battle, but the princess was full of goodness and love. Her strength was stronger than the evil of the spirit. He fled from her and shut himself up in a chamber of living rock.
0: So he asks Punky and her friends to help save their land and defeat the evil spirit. The kids all agree, after talking it over, that they're the only ones that can help. The chief is pleased to hear they'll accept the challenge and he tells them he'll tell future generations of their bravery. He reminds them the evil spirit feeds on fear, so they have to fight it with love. He bids them good luck and points them on their way. The chief hands Punky the lantern, and she mentions that her foster father, Henry, is looking for them. And if he happens to see Henry, tell him that they're alright and that she loves him. So the chief and his tribesmen leave as Punky and her friends make their way into a tunnel, which promptly caves in shortly after they enter. Margot questions why the rocks moved by themselves, blocking them inside, and Cherry suggests it's magic and punky tells them not to worry they have punky power which causes a cascading avalanche of rocks to rain down on them ellen tells her don't do that anymore with the shouting all the dirt and dust and the kids you know, with all the dirt and dust and these kids look as clean as when they walked in which is kind of weird While the rocks are raining down, the kids cower, but Brandon is racing back and forth, probably freaked out by all the falling debris. Then we see a fake rat with red glowing eyes. Oh, God. When Punky lifts the lantern and tells them they have to find a way out of there, how convenient there happens to be another tunnel right behind them. I know it's a show, guys, but sometimes it's fun to poke fun once once in a while and call out the unrealisticness of it all. Mm. The kids make their way down the tunnel. As the kids make their way out of the tunnel, we hear a dripping sound, and then Cherry asks if the evil spirit is watching them. And Punky reassures her it's a big cave, and it can't be everywhere at once. Just then we see something moving through the smoke. The kids form a line as they walk through One hand on the other's shoulder for guidance and balance. Behind them, we see eyes being lit up, a pair of red eyes, as well as a couple pairs of green eyes. More pairs of eyes appear as they continue walking, and it seems like the eyes are following them. No one's noticed that yet, though. The kids are more concerned about what's in front of them. The kids see another tunnel, and when Punky and the others peer inside of it, we get the daylight scared out of us by this creepy giant teeth-gnashing spider. I can see why this might be too scary for young kids. I haven't seen this episode in a long time and wasn't expecting that. Plus, holy crap do I have a fear of spiders. A major fear. Now I'm going to do the rating as a whole because it's an hour episode divided into two parts. But before... I continue with part two. Let's hear some YouTube comments from this episode. One, I remember the ending of this episode like it was yesterday. It haunted me for years. Until I wondered if it was actually a nightmare I had had when I was a kid. Good to know I'm not crazy. Number two, when the Indians arrived, Brandon just lay there all relaxed, looking at nothing in particular. (laughs) Ha ha ha, what a great guard dog. Number three, Man, in my little kid mind, this looks so real. The imagination of a child is powerful. And number four, most terrifying episode from my childhood. Alright guys, let's jump in, right in, to the scares of part two. Let me just warn you, the scares are going to intensify. I think this is where the, I mean... The first part was all about setting up the kids getting into the cave. Now this is going to be about their journey of defeating the evil spirit and the obstacles that they have to face. Alright, the episode opens with the kids having made it through the second tunnel past the giant creepy spider. But when they come out into the clearing of the cave, they gasp in horror as a couple at the couple of arms and legs hanging from the wall. Yikes. Now, I would be freaked out if I saw that. I'm like, why are there arms and legs just hanging out of a wall? Margo wonders aloud if she's imagining the arms and legs coming out of the wall, and Punky tells her, well, then I must be imagining the same thing, because I see it too. Cherry wonders who they belong to, and Punky decides to investigate for a closer look. Cherry tells her, be careful, Punky, and the others give her a reassuring pat on the back. Then Alan shoves her forward. Jeez, Alan. Punky looks back and asks for a hand up, and one of the arms actually reaches out and she takes hold of their hand. The other kids gasp in shock at the moving limbs. Punky tells them to relax. It's a friendly arm. Then the hand pats Punky on the head and scratches her below the chin, then gives her the okay hand gesture. Punky taps the leg at the knee, and it kicks out in reflex. Alan asks to himself, why are there arms and legs hanging out of the wall? Then he asks, where's the rest of the guy? All of a sudden, we see a human head sticking out of a rock in the center of the cave. The guy yells, hey, and the kids all scream. I mentioned to Jeremy, this guy looks really familiar. So he looked it up and told me that the guy played in the movie Ghost. I looked the actor up, and his name is Vincent Shiravelli, I think, who plays Mr. Pieces, but the actor is uncredited in this episode. His head and face are painted to match the color of the rock his head is coming out of. He seems to play a character actor from when I was looking at his IMDB. He blames Alan for his headache because Alan was just kind of resting his arm on top of the guy's head before he knew it was actually a head. Margot brings up the fact that arms can't move by themselves and a head can't talk without a body. So he is, you're not real. He tells her, I am in fact real, and then tells her to pull herself together. Punky asks him his name, and he tells the kids he's been down there so long in the cave, he's forgotten. So Punky takes it upon herself to dub him, I'll call you Mr. Pieces. She asks him why he's all in pieces, and he tells them how one day he was down there digging for gold, minding his own business, when all of a sudden he heard a spooky laugh, and the next thing he knew, he was all over the place. His body was dismembered. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cherry comments on the evil spirit and Mr. Pieces looks at them like, what is e- What evil spirit? This is the first I'm hearing of this. Punky fills them in on the evil spirit, who is the one that is killing all the trees and plants above them. She tells him, well, we're on our way to fight it. He tells him he'd like to get his hands on the evil spirit and we see the arms and legs come to life on the wall punching and kicking the air. Alan asks how he passes the time down in the cave and Mr. Pieces says, well, I, I whistle a lot. He starts whistling and then his fingers start to snap and his feet start to dance to the tune as Punky and Alan bob their heads in time to the beat. Alan tells him it's pretty neat and Mr. Pieces tells him eh, it's okay but I'd rather go bowling. This earns him an odd-look exchange between Cherry and Margot. Punky and the group bid farewell to Mr. Pieces and go along their way to continuing... Uh, go along their way, continuing their quest to vanquish the evil spirit. Now the kids work their way along a narrow edge as we see... As we hear the bubbling of something with a tint of red, maybe lava... The kids all bend down to get a closer look, and Alan almost falls in, but the kids pull him back before he goes face first. Some drops a rock down into. I'm trying to, um, someone drops a rock down to the Canaver's cavernous hole, and it takes a moment before we hear a splash or plop. Punky encourages to continue along the narrow edge, but as the, they step forward, they start to slip, so they stop to regroup, and they trudge forward and align, one person's hand on the other's shoulder in front of them. Then we get a shot of the rock face, with glowing green eyes and red lips appearing. They enter another clearing, and we see a red, bubbling spring crater hole. I'm guessing this is what it's called, maybe? Crater hole? Then Punky bends down near it, pulling out out of the hot liquid. It looks like a tomahawk. Cherry asks, what if it belongs to the evil spirit? And Punky tells him, well, I'll just leave it right here. Tells the... Oh my goodness, guys, I'm all turned around here. As she, she tells him, I'll just leave it right here as she places it back in the bubbling spring. The kids all book it out of there, the new focus on the spring as a tomahawk floats out of it, turns upside down a couple times, with a mind of its own, and it follows the path of the kids. The kids enter another clearing, and the music they use is the same music from when Punky ran away and met Zack in the junkyard from Season 1, Henry Falls in Love, Parts 1 and 2. Very somber and hopeless sounding, Brandon seems to be leading the, the way. Suddenly the kids all gasp, and the camera pans outward and up, revealing a large spiderweb. They move as a group. Upon closer inspection, Brandon finds a way through the spider web by crawling through a gap over by the wall, where there's an outcropping, and Punky and the others follow suit. Just when the kids breathe a sigh of relief, the giant spider comes out and attacks Punky, pinning her to the ground. Cherry, Alan, and Margo end up backing into the web, getting stuck there. The lighting in this scene is really bright green flashes and cutting back to Brandon standing in the background barking, while Punky is being mauled by this giant spider with the gnashing teeth and multiple red beady eyes, and the sharp saber-toothed fangs inches away from her face. Punky manages to crawl underneath the spider and Brandon climbs down in front of her, protecting her. Brandon jumps into the action to protect Punky and her friends by grabbing the spider by the leg and pulling it around in a circle. Suddenly, the tomahawk appears at Punky's side and she grabs it, running at the spider from behind, slicing through its backside and we see it shrieking in pain and gross slime shooting out from the wound. It seems like Hard rock slash action music is playing to intensify the scene, and the spider crumbles to the ground and then dies. Then, it explodes like fireworks, like a fireworks show, and disappears. I wonder how much the budget was for those explosions and the episode as a whole. The kids fall forward as the web disappears and Punky rushes to Brandon's side, praising him for being the bravest dog in the world. Cherry asks Margot if she's okay, and she looks in shock and tells them she doesn't think she can take much more, being she's a delicate person. She has bird bones. Cherry looks to Alan, telling him she doesn't think Margot's okay. But they brush themselves off and then walk or they brush themselves off and then leave Margot sitting there and walk over to Punky. Cherry tells Punky that Margot's flipping out, and Punky tells her well, I'll give her a pep talk. And when they turn around, they see Margot vanish. Punky calls out Margot's name, Margot! And Cherry tells him she disappeared. In the next scene, the three of them, plus Brandon, are gathered around the lamp as they recover from the shock of losing Margot. People don't just disappear, Alan tells them. Margot did, Cherry says. All of a s- sudden, they hear evil laughter. Punky asks aloud, Is this the evil spirit? Then the voice laughs and says, No, it's Mr. Rogers. Welcome to my neighborhood. My neighborhood. Urgh. I thought this was funny. it will be at a dated reference. Not, not because it was... Basically because it was current at the times. Brandon is so chill through all of this. Just lying there like he's asleep. Okay. He had quite an ordeal, too, trying to fight that spider. Cherry and Alan look at Punky, telling her they want to go home. Alan tells her, this stopped being fun several giant spiders ago. So Punky tells him, we can't leave, we gotta try to get Margo back. She tells him, alright, let's go. And they stand and start walking. Alan hands Punky the lantern back and tells her, maybe they'll get lucky, and the evil spirit will get to know Margo and be glad to give her back. They make their way through another tunnel as Punky calls out to Margo and Cherry and asks, When they find the evil spirit, how are they going to fight it? And Punky tells them, The chief told them to fight it with love. And Alan asks, What are we going to do, kiss it to death? Punky chastises Alan for having a bad attitude and they have to believe in themselves. Punky tells them if they stick together... They'll be fine. As Alan stands up from a crouch position and grips the wall, he vanishes. Well, dang it, now he's gone. Punky calls out to Alan, then looks back and sees that he's gone. The evil voice asks, looking for someone? Punky and Cherry cower on the ground, and then they hear Margo's disembodied voice calling out to them. And then Alan's voice calling out for help. Now it's just Punky and Cherry, and they call out to each other to keep each other in check and make sure they're still there. But when Cherry calls out a third time, when Punky calls out a third time, Cherry doesn't respond. And Punky turns around yelling out Cherry's name. The evil voice calls out, now you see her, now you don't. Punky yells to the voice, why are you doing this? What do you want? You, the voice tells her. Well, you're not going to get me, she yells back. She yells out to the voice she wants her friends back and tells the voice to give them back now. Then a rock falls from the wall and reveals Alan's creepy face with rotting teeth and a jiggling mouth as he calls her name. Then we see a mask of Cherry's face with red glowing eyes calling out to Punky for help. Then we see Mar- a Margo skeleton and a ghoulish zombie Margo face, and they switch back and forth between shots as Margo calls out creepily to Punky. Punky gets the heck out of there. And now there are two, Punky and Brandon. Punky sits down and has Brandon stay next, so her back is lined up with his. And she figures the ghosts can't sneak up on them if they keep watch. Punky wonders aloud that Henry must be worried about them, and then an apparition appears showing Henry and Betty not really too worried about the kids. Betty says she just found an empty cave, and Punky tells, says, that's where we are, we're in the cave. Henry tells her, they'll just have to accept the kids are gone, and Betty comments, all in all, it's for the best, it's hard work raising a child. Henry mentions how expensive expensive it is and how he's enjoyed being Punky's foster father. But now, it's time to move on. Betty tells him she's going to take a trip to Club Med. Betty asks him, do you want to join me? And she mentions how when they get back from Tahiti, they can rent out the kids' rooms. Punky freaks out at this as her abandonment issues come rushing back. She tells Brandon, Henry doesn't want us anymore. That's sad, but she's nine. She couldn't tell that wasn't real? It's a mirage. The cave is playing tricks on you. Punky realizes it might be a trick. Well, duh, I just said that. She tells Brandon she knows Henry loves them. It's just the evil spirit tricking them. She turns to Brandon, and it's just his skeleton. A giant skeleton for a dog his size. Punky screams and runs off. Punky backs into another cavern clearing with a lot of fog and then the evil spirit materializes in front of her. He's got red beady, eye, gl- red beady glowing eyes and he's all shiny and glittery. I'm going to play this clip of the show now. Basically, now Punk- uh, Princess Moon appears to Punky to tell her that her anger and fear only makes the spirit stronger. So I will be right back after I play that clip. <laughs>
2: and Princess Moon. I'm here to help you. Punky, your anger and fear only makes the spirit stronger. I can't help it. What should I do? Trust in your heart. I don't understand. No, please don't leave me. You must face me alone. True. You can defeat the spirit, punky. How? Let love be your sword. <gasps> Let love be my sword? Pay no attention to her. I can fight you with love.
1: <laughs> we'll burn!
2: Someone loves you back. Stop it. I'm going to kill you and everyone like you. You can't! You see, it's true that there are a few mean, bad people on Earth. Most people are good and kind. Use your power and feel the love across the Earth.
1: Uh-huh.
0: appears to Punky to tell her that her anger and fear only makes the spirit stronger. Princess Moon starts to disappear, and Punky begs her not to leave. But the evil spirit tells Punky she must defeat him alone. Punky asks Princess Moon if that's true, and Princess Moon tells her, you can defeat the spirit using love. And let that be your sword. With that, uh, Princess Moon vanishes, and Punky questions the Sword of Love, while the evil spirit makes fire appear in front of her, and Punky stands her ground, telling him she's not afraid of him anymore, and she can stand the heat. Then he tells her she can freeze as he sends gusts of wind in her direction. She tells him she's not afraid of him anymore, and she feels sorry for him. You feel sorry for me? It asks... Yes, you'll never know how wonderful it is to love somebody and how it feels, and when someone loves you back. Now the evil spirit is not happy and tells her he's going to kill her and everyone like her. She tells him, but you can't. She tells the evil spirit that sure there are some bad people, but most people are good and kind. Sure, from a child's point of view, especially in the 80s, I'm sure they were. Could the same, though, be said about people today? Are there more bad people than good? She tells the evil spirit to feel the love across the earth, and this causes the evil spirit to change and erupt into a fireworks display as it dies or is vanquished. Then the gang's all back as they appear. Even Mr. Pieces is all in one piece again. He's happy about being all together again and asks if anyone wants to go bowling. Punky says, Hey, guys! and they race over to hug her. A sweet reunion. Then we get the gang around the campfire as she tells them that they and Mr. Pieces left the cave and lived happily ever after. Then a rock falls and Henry appears. The kids freak out at first backing against the wall of the cave. And Punky finally realizes it's Henry and Betty. And they all rush over to them for a hug. Punky tells them Brandon chased a rabbit into the cave and they got lost. Betty informs them that they've had the Forest Service people out looking for them. Alan tells them that Punky told them a great ghost story to pass the time. Henry tells them that they can talk about it later, but right now they have to let everyone know the kids are safe and sound. As everyone turns and heads through the tunnel to get out, Punky turns and looks and bids farewell to Princess Moon, and then heads out. We see Princess Moon, and she tells Punky, Thank you, and then disappears. That's the end of the episode. Now for my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving this episode 5 out of 5 stars all the way. It was so spooky and good. Perfect for the Halloween season. Alright. 1. I don't know if the beginning at the lake was shot on location, but it's cool to get them out of the apartment and into the woods or some other location. 2. Brandon chasing a rabbit leads him into a cave. Spooky setup. Reminds me of the beginning of Cujo. (laughs) 3. Punky remarks on the dead trees and later, when they meet the chief, he mentions how a curse has caused the land to die. This episode becomes a message about protecting the environment. 4. The spider in the tunnel jumping out and then later attacking Punky was freaky. That would scare any kid. And the kids disappearing one by one and then showing up as a creepy face and Brandon as a skeleton? Yikes. 5. Punky fighting the evil spirit with love as well as all the exploding fireworks. Mr. Pieces, he was a funny and cool guy. I like that he was there for the comedic relief. Alright, on to Punky's principles, what I got from this episode. It was definitely spooky for the kiddos, maybe a little too scary. I don't know if this would air today, or if it would be deemed too scary for kids. Reminded me of a Goosebumps episode. Lesson, don't go into a cave by yourself, no matter how fun you think it might be. You could get lost and come face to face with something unexpected and you're unprepared for. Like a bear, or a mountain lion or something, if you want to explore a cave, there's a place that has a tour guide, I believe, probably called Carl's Bad Caverns. All right, here's a review for this episode from IMDB Childhood Trauma. This is hands down one of the scariest episodes of Punky Brewster. In fact, the reason why I was I was one of the over a thousand children who was were scared to death by this episode is because Punky Brewster was not supposed to be scary. The Campy Trip had no warnings that this harmless comedy was going to go turn into a, da- a bad Jim Morrison music video. A bad acid trip, in a way. The episode has everything from neon lights appearing in an underground cave, a creepy Indi- uh, Native American guy, and things starting to appear and disappear right in front of your eyes. You start to see, within the shadows, pairs of red and green eyes start to watch Punky as she makes her way to the scariest to be continued, even forever for a ten-year-old. Without warning, a giant green neon spider rushes toward the television set just in time to destroy a child's innocence. Not even enough time to change the channel. The child is scared into submission as they are left in childhood shock. Looking back, it makes me miss the quality of children programs that the 80s had to offer. By today's standards, this episode would not have made it into production. Check it out. Alright, let's move on to some YouTube comments for part two. This episode scared the hell out of me, too, when I was a kid almost scarring, but you're absolutely correct. They don't make stuff like this anymore. it's far gone. They should bring back the 80s. Things have definitely downgraded now that it's 2015. Yes, this comment was written two years ago. 2. I knew this was real. I thought I hallucinated this whole episode. I had a vague memory of people's faces in cave walls. I had just turned 5 when this aired. I remember... Alright, number... Number 3 I remember watching this episode as 7 years old And having to run out of the room in terror I really miss shows like this 30 plus years later And I still get goosebumps watching this I also remember the same year on Halloween Dressing up as Punky Brewster Some people honestly thought I was her at first 4. That spider thing Is seriously creepy slash disturbing For a kids show 5. That is by far the best Punky Brewster episode ever. I loved the effects and how Princess Moon was also played by Punky. I loved how the story was told by Punky. Basically, I loved all of it. Number six. I think we are all suffering from P- PTSD due to this episode. So many people are commenting that they thought they dreamed this episode. So did I. I typed in Punky Brewster Spider, and what do you know? This episode freaked me the F out. Seven, must have been nine or ten when this came out. I watched most of this with my hands over my eyes. Glad to see I can watch this again. Great episode. And number eight, Brandon should have waited at the fire in the cave. It's too dangerous for him. All right, Punky Peeps, let's say welcome or hey to some new Punky Peep listeners for the week. London, United Kingdom, France, France again. I'm sorry I can't pronounce the, c- the cities and I don't want to butcher their names. Tampa, Florida. Austin, Texas. Landisville, Pennsylvania. Lexington, South Carolina. Miami, Florida. Sacramento, California. Ockworth, Georgia. Vancouver, Washington. Washington D.C., Windhoek, Nam Nam Namibia, Namibia, N A M I B I A, Chicago, Illinois. All right, guys, I want to give you all a sincere thank you to all of you out here that listen out there that listen to this podcast. Whether you're listening to it on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play or wherever you guys listen to it. I love, honestly, giving you the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week. Join me as I go into full detail describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry, Brandon, and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. I don't have any of going into caves. I've never been in a cave before. I don't want to go into a cave and explore. But, alright. Also, join me next week. On October 15th, when I discuss two serious episodes, Season 2, Episode 8, Just Say No, the episode where Punky and Cherry are introduced to drugs, when they are invited to join an older girls club called The Chicklets. What will they do? Is hanging with the older girls and becoming a member of the club worth it if you have to take drugs to be accepted? Listen to find out what happens. And in Season 2, Episode 9, The Search, both Punky and her teacher, Mike Fulton, are out to discover the whereabouts of their mothers after a class assignment involving researching their family tree brings up some unexpected results. Well, Punky and Mike finally get the answers they've been looking for. Listen to find out and have a great week and I will see you all on Sunday, October 15th. Have a wonderful week, guys. Bye-bye.